choice we've always got a choice come on man here's the deal i picked that song for an opener because david crosby recently passed and by all accounts from everyone who knew him friend foe police officers the popular (laughs) rock culture press he was an absolute asshole but man that guy was good and it's brought this conversation back into my brain of when do we get to separate how do each of us choose between the artist and the art right like there are so many bad actors out there who have created incredible work david crosby dickhead (laughs) crosby stills and nash his work with the yardbirds impeccable perfect i mean bulletproof so how do we decide when like i mean like you know i Granted, we we have a Ryan Adams picture hanging up yeah, in here. Yeah, we do. Bad actor for years. One of the great American songwriters of the last 20 plus years. You yeah. Know? In his case, it's I did get to speak to his manager and he's actually tried to do the work and make amends. And, you know, some people are like, I don't give a shit. He's still, and that's it's over. right. That's their, but that's the well, right. We live in the cancel yeah. era. And then, so that's the whole thing. I guess kind of like this podcast, it's an individual choice, right? There's not one right way to live your life or do your thing or be the person you're going to be. You just have to be able to sleep at night and be comfortable with the choices you make. And I know that David Crosby was not a nice person, but I also will never, ever give up my copy of Deja Vu. So there you go. It's the Brian Oak Show, episode 299 uh, here in the Smart Start MN Studios in lovely South Minneapolis where it's been cold, it's been windy, it's been brutal lately. But overall, you know, I mean, for end of February, early March standards, it's not terrible, man. It's been, it, I, the last few days have been okay. I know you're not a praying man, but you have to admit that when you leave your alleyway and you <laughs> cannot see left or right over the massive snow mounds, <laughs> that you're not just saying a quick prayer before you gun it out of the alleyway. That's one of the great things about being a morning radio host <laughs> yes. is generally around 4.50 when I leave my home, there's no one else on the road. So yeah. I kind of gun it anyway. It's a little scary. Absolutely. My name is Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard, how are you, Sean? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm all right, man. Good. I'm all right. I'm going to have a very interesting question for you before okay. we talk to today's guest, Minnesota musician Tommy Bentz. Uh, but first, I want to take care of a couple sponsors because I'm worried they're both going to leave after I ask you this question. First of all, <laughs> Smart Start MN. They are Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What does that mean? An, an ignition interlock is a device that gets installed in your car if you've had a drink or five or 22 and then drive and get popped by the police you will lose your license you will not be allowed to drive smart start mn gets you back in your car faster and cheaper and more reliably than anybody else they were there at the beginning of this program they are the ones who worked with the state to build this program now of course once it's in place lots of carpetbaggers come along and they're like yeah we sell that don't deal with those fuck faces all right our friends at smart start mn ed mike their entire crew they're good at what they do and like i said we can get you in for cheaper that it's already relatively inexpensive but we can get you in for even a better price absolutely go to smartstartmn.com slash the brian oak show that'll get you 20 percent off the installation of the ignition interlock system now here's who i'm nervous about moxie financial wealth management yes. they are also another sponsor i'm not worried about them they're wonderful people I, yeah the problem is i've met like grandparents and families and extended relations at our various Patreon events yes, that we've done, yes. things like that. And I don't want them to be offended because I'm like, they probably don't listen to every episode, but I have a really important question to ask you in a minute. But in the meantime, Moxie Wealth Management, take a Joe and his entire crew, take a comprehensive approach to wealth management. It is, and again, most of us in this room probably don't think that we actually hold 
wealth with quotations around it, right? But everybody has resources. Everyone has assets. Everyone has some kind of savings. Everyone has to deal with real estate and various taxes. They take an overall comprehensive approach. And it's one of those things, like I think you said on the on one of the last episodes, then suddenly you have a lot less to worry about for not very much money. And they, 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 Make sure that everything's in place, and when it's not, they let you know what you need to know. Well, and I don't want to be one of those stupid guys when I go to retire, and they're like, well, if you would have done this, this, and this, with the same amount of money, you could have put this into this tax right. you know, shelter over here and uh-huh. this over here. You would have been great, but instead, you're going to sleep on this park bench. Exactly. Yeah. And I hope you enjoy crackers for dinner. Exactly. Kind of like my tax guy a few years ago when the laws changed, when what's-his-face 45 was in place there. um, I came in. I've always gotten used to getting between three and $4,000 a year back in federal taxes. I came in one year. He's like, oh, yeah, and you got to bring in a check for $4,800. I'm like, I don't. I don't have forty eight hundred. Go to Hawaii or yeah. pay my taxes. And he said exactly. <laughs> and he's like, "Well, your company just didn't take enough out." I'm like, "No, no, no, but 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 you're my tax guy. Yeah, you were supposed to give me the heads up that things had changed. Never did. Never talking to him again. That will not happen with Moxie Wealth Management. They are going to work with you. They are going to talk to you. And as Sean and I designated a long time ago, we're not dealing with jerks anymore. So they're good people, and that's why they're on board with the Brian Oak Show. I'm going to ask you a question. It's going to be very blunt. Sean, and you can plead the fifth. You can be as open as you want to be. Uh, and we don't have a ton of time because I do want to get to our guest, Tommy Bentz. But this question is going to come out fairly frontal. Okay. <clears throat> when was the last time you shit your pants? Huh. Like literally shit your pants. It was on a long bike ride because uh, I used to do like these 30-mile bike rides. Yeah, and that and makes I sense. That's I did fair. not make it all the way home. Yeah. It wasn't a full shit. Yeah, yeah. It was just enough shit where I was like, <laughs> oh, I, I really, feel it. Yeah, no, I it's really, there. really And need as your to legs are pumping up and yeah. down, you're feeling the wetness move yeah. around. It was and not so, good. I, and then my point is How not to you? shame you. Oh, less than five hours ago. Oh, no, really? So, again, not a full shit. Like, yeah. I've never actually done a full shit in my pants. Like a pants. shart or like a... a complete shart. Like, I thought, I thought my grandmother, <laughs> my maternal grandmother when I was young used to call farts poof cats. Oh, boy. Which is so charming. <laughs> Just a little poof cat. Didn't and you I, love their second album? <laughs> poof cat? You know, they're, they're, they're blowing up on Radio K right now. Um, no, I, I, so I thought I was just letting out a little poof cat, and suddenly there was stuff, and I, there were things, and there was a, a sensation that I did not enjoy, and I was driving home. Luckily, I was on the way home. I had yeah. nowhere to be, uh, but it's been over 15 years since I did that before. Look sure. at that look on your face. Sure, you, you're like, you mean since last week, right? <laughs> yeah, no. Seriously, like Ooh. I was like, <gasps> Luckily, I had a promotional T-shirt sitting in the back seat of my oh, truck. Oh no! And no, I just put it underneath me. Oh, I was glad you didn't say it was now some form of toilet paper. Or no, yeah. no. Although there were two promotional T-shirts, and I may have pulled over and used one as a diaper <laughs> and set the other one on the seat of the car. Our guest has now left. Uh, yeah, no, left. What, what a great way to start the show. Tommy feels so proud, right? <laughs> and he's like, "I'm so glad I was there for the shitting yourself oh, episode." The Stern episode. No, it's Ryan not. It's, I did, I, look, I believe that this is a more common occurrence than people think like I did it when I was a young man now as I'm getting older it happened again it just hasn't happened in so long and I feel like it's one of those uniquely human experiences that binds us together so pants shitters check out our patreon page and support this podcast if you have occasionally or even recently or not that recently pooped your pants we are going to hear a song right now but when we come back we're going to be talking to minnesota musician tommy benz a guy i've seen play live a lot of times a guy who's toured the world is an important part of our community which is what this show is about and i'm openly apologizing to his face sorry about that 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 intro that was rough that was very rough tommy but it's real though when's the last time you shit your pants can't remember yeah safe safe answer exactly very diplomatic (laughs) yeah no this guy's gonna run for office at some point soon (laughs) and that's just fine that's just fine no you're a great musician we're going to talk to you ahead just very shortly um i wanted to play this next band this next band is aggressive they're very loud it's a very short song but they are an all-female japanese punk quartet known as Otaboke Beaver and I've been a fan of theirs for a while and my daughter and I go to music together all the yes, time right yeah. I mean we go all the time and she told me about three weeks ago she's like I bought us tickets to Odebo 
okay beaver and i'm like oh okay didn't really think about it you know life's been busy it's crazy it's hectic it's up and down and then i realized it was a tuesday night and i don't go out on school nights man i get up at 4 a.m every day for my real day job and i decided to go and it was at the fine line and it was this past uh tuesday and I knew it would be loud. I knew it would be chaotic. But I haven't been to the fine lines since the pre-pandemic days when I went to see Mud Honey there, which was great. Wow. This is the best live show that I have seen, the most engaging and dynamic and unexpectedly good live show I've seen in five years. It was incredible. Loud, sharp. But the dedication they have, the talent that each one of them brought to the table. But you can tell when a band has rehearsed for 6,000 hours before they do a show. It, it never stopped, and everything was perfect, and everything was on point, and I bought way too much merchandise. I was so enamored of them. I've got a kind of fetish for Japanese culture anyway. Don't get weird. Not like that, but for <laughs> Japanese music. Anyway, Otoboke Beaver, this song is absolutely, well, it's going to hurt your feelings and maybe your ears a little bit. Then we'll come back and hear something much better from our friend Tommy Benz, <laughs> but I love this one. Don't light my fire, Otoboke Beaver on The Brian Oak Show. Not everyone's cup of tea on paper, but I promise you, if you had been at the fine line this last Tuesday to see Otoboke Beaver live, you would have been like, oh, oh, it, it happened. And I already liked them, but it kept happening to me throughout the show. Oh, man, I might have spent a little above my pay grade on merchandise before my daughter and I <laughs> left. But these things do tend to happen. It's the Brian Oak Show, episode 299. And we're joined by a guy who has always been kind to me and a guy who has always provided an excellent show every time I've seen him. His name is Tommy Ben. So let's start right there. Hi, Tommy. How are you? Hey, how you doing? I'm good, man. You all right? I'm good. So uh, I'm so honored to be here, Brian. Yeah, well, honored is strong. I mean, you are in the Smart Start. <laughs> you are in the Smart Start MN Studios, which I, you know, obviously there's an honor there. Our accommodations are modest, but it is home, and we do love it here very much. And we get to talk to incredible people. You know, like I said before, I don't really know what this podcast is about, other than talking to the people who populate, inform, and entertain the community that we live in. We all love it here, right? Yeah. 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 It's. I mean the the sensible uh, the sensibility that I think that the uh, the surrounding communities have is just uh, it's crazy how how welcoming the arts and just culture is you know we're, we we take for granted what we have here and I've had so many people from other parts of the world just like 
wow, you got this going on, you got this going on, you got this going on. You know, there's like, I'm struggling to find a show mm-hmm. or, you know, or whatever it is. I mean, so. Well, it's always been that way here in my humble opinion. Like growing up as a kid of the 80s, you know, the 80s is obviously when Minneapolis was Seattle before Seattle was Seattle, right? I mean, right. it was all happening. And we were we were Athens shortly after Athens happened. And it moves around, but it's never stopped. Just because you're not in the white glare of the spotlight doesn't mean the creativity ever stopped. And it's not just cool indie music or rock music. No. You know, dance, theater, <clears throat> art. This has always been a hub, and I think for people on the coast, and I'm not trying to paint in broad broad strokes like they do, but I think that there's a tendency to still, despite all the legacy and all the heritage, to think of this as flyover country, and there's, it's always been a really, really, really rich resource. No, I, I completely agree with you. And, you know, if we, we talk about our Chicago brethren who are close to us, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, they're considered the third coast. Right. Um, but uh, on some levels, they're a, they have a similar feel of being slightly disjointed like one maybe feels on the east and the west coast you know not necessarily the same way but whereas uh in this area it's a bit more welcoming mm-hmm. and uh you know you can you can invent yourself and you you can be something true where you know i i think on all three of those situations with chicago being less but um i think there's there's a lot of hurdles in order to get to the point where you can have the chance to be yourself. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about yourself, shall we, Tommy Benz? Where are you from? I grew up in a small town on the Mississippi River called Elma, Wisconsin. All right. Very good. So, And so, I mean, you're, but you're upper Midwest born and raised. Yes. All right. So you grow up. At what point in young Tommy's life does Tommy find, first I want to know when you found music and when then, because there's a big difference. I found music at a very young age, realized painfully early that I was never going to be able to make it. So first, when did you find music when you were young? Well, I, re- I recall very distinctly uh, driving around in the summertime in the back of my parents' car, you know, listening to stuff from the 70s, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hear, like, you know, listen what the man says. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. For me, of- it was a song that I assumed had always been called Sugar free <laughs> makes me feel fine. We should do a band. Um, yeah. But Blown because to the because, raisins be, in my mind, <laughs> exactly because sugar free was kind of a hot new thing at that point, <laughs> exactly. and so I assume that's what it was. But the same area. I mean, you and I are not too far yeah. apart in age, and um, that that to me, sitting in the backseat of my parents' Pinto station wagon, uh-huh. them both still smoking at the time, <laughs> me desperate to roll down the windows because I couldn't fucking breathe. Um, uh. But but same thing. So but I mean like but music pop music in particular radio music hit you at an early age yeah that you know that era of fm back in the early 70s you know that was there was still a lot of just like meat on those songs you know Mm -hmm. and it was this it was the songwriters that you know now you know 40 years later were you know just like wow you know that that person look at the the vastness that, that that those people created so you know at the time it was just like oh pop radio i'm sure i mean it's just it's all perspective but so for me, listening to that, I was just like, I sort of enthralled by it. And my parents said, well, um, we're going to send you to Montessori school for like uh, the summer uh, in Winona. And, and, he- and help me out. Winona, I went to college in Winona. Help me as, out. As, as I, I, I hate too. to interrupt stories, but there are certain things that despite my advanced age, I've never known. <laughs> Montessori what does that mean when that's a school? Is that is that a? Is, it's not religion. No, it's, it's it, an ad. Is it like Quakers? What it, what is it? it? Well, it's a German, uh, uh, and it's it, it's basically a German word for kindergartner. Am I right on that, Sean? I think I'm. Why are you sure. looking at me? I, <laughs> I just learned how to breathe out of my nose. I was thinking you were like Johnny on the Googles, you know. <laughs> like, that was just fan, a great moment in this podcast. <laughs> just said he looked at me. Am I right about that, Sean? That, that's one of my favorite things that's ever happened in this room. So, Tommy, yeah. thank you very much. Developed by Dr. Maria Montessori in there the early go. 1900s, a specific child-centered method of education that involves child-led activities referred to as work, classrooms with children of varying ages and teachers who encourage independence among their pupils. Sound like a bunch of dangerous fucking rascals <laughs> to me. Is that is that where you come that, from? That, that sounds very German, doesn't okay. it? Fascist, well, yeah. fascist kids. Yeah, I don't know. That's what it stands for. So, <laughs> anyway, what ended up happening was uh, 
there was like the opportunity to like learn how to play violin and and I was it seemed like a cool thing to do you know and so you got a bunch of like four-year-olds you know like playing fake violin so they give you like this wooden violin looking thing in a bowl that doesn't even have hair on it and you're just you're just making the motions and so you know, it's not even making music. You're, not even you're making, going. You're literally going through the motion. Yeah, that's just kind of the start of it. And then, um, and and then ultimately, I got a violin, and uh, you know, kind of took it from there. And that was my first instrument. And it wasn't until like you know, beginners band when you're in like fifth grade yeah. that uh, you know I started playing with other people. So, and when you grow up in a really small town, it's like you know, when you play violin, it's like you you're you're kind of the weird kid, you know. Uh, oh, I played viola in Coon Rapids in fourth grade, so I understand what it means oh, yeah. to be an outcast. Yeah. I totally yeah. understand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get yeah, it. You get it. Yeah, I I even had a set of later hosens. You know, they sometimes would prop me up and like on like you know uh, uh, talent shows and just like oh well we'll put these little later hosens on them and have them play a little violin piece. And is is Benz a German name? It is a German name. You know, and, and you and, had Bavarian folk pants on <laughs> in front of your schoolmates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that 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 haunts me to this day. Well, yeah. I, but it, but what a fantastic story. So you start there. Yeah. Um, and then at some point though, you being the talented singer songwriter you are and the talented guitar player that you are at some point the guitar falls into your hands when does that happen yeah that was somewhere between 16 and 17 i i, <laughs> I played i played in i play oboe in the band so yeah again another really you know awesome look uh, out ladies like, la, yeah ladies yeah yeah they were falling over the yeah. line forms at the <laughs> left <laughs> ladies yeah, yeah. I, I, but, but make sure you bring a fresh read oh, exactly. because you know what i mean yeah. this oboe is gonna play itself all right yeah, exactly so i play an oboe and and band and then uh, you can march with an oboe ladies and gentlemen so uh, yeah. my band director is like who i attest a lot of me just getting involved in music to him, uh, Bill Simon. He was just the, the best person, yeah. uh, is uh, the best person. And he's like, do you want to play in jazz band? I'm like, yeah, that'd be fun. He goes, well, here's the tenor sax one. I need a tenor sax one player to learn how to play the tenor sax. So so then I, I learned how to play tenor sax. The, the, the fingerings are similar between the oboe, the flute, and somewhat of the clarinet and the tenor sax, So, or saxophone in general. So I learned how to do that. And then I said to my mom and dad, like, hey, could I get a guitar maybe for my <laughs> birthday and they're like yeah we we could maybe do that i mean at this point i had taken lessons for for other instruments you know right, at right. private lessons you know you go to a store and you take lessons you were clearly clearly a music kid <laughs> yeah they they realized that i'm i have this strong interest yeah. so so they're like well we'll rent you a guitar so we rented they you know rented a guitar and uh acoustic know, electric an electric guitar okay so, you know, oh, wow and, yep and then um easy hendrix yeah yeah <laughs> and then uh it wasn't too long and then it's like well let's 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 get one you know and um you know, and I remember distinctly, uh, there wasn't a lot of choices at this particular music store. I'm not going to name them just because, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Anyway, um, <laughs> there's, there's, I mean, you don't have anything to fear from us, uh, but I if, know. You, if you want to keep it to yourself, I totally get it. Yeah. You're hoping for an endorsement, aren't you? N no, no, no. Okay. It's just because I own a music store, I'd, I'd rather ah. not promote somebody else. Uh, so that makes all the sense in the world. I'll be selfish for a moment. Uh, good, so feel free. There was like this red strat looking thing. Thing, and then this white sort of like explorer flying V thing with a red Z down the middle Ooh. of it. And you, of course, know which one I went with, you know, like it like and the sales guy totally like saw me coming like, oh, yeah, you can you can like push pull this pot and you can split this and it's got a whammy bar and it's like, great, it can do all this stuff. But none of them are good. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 that was my first look good. Didn't yeah. it? Did. And that was my first electric guitar. That's fabulous. We're going to learn more about that. I also am going to give you a chance to fully and openly and freely promote your record store just ahead. But I don't like to go on too long without hearing music. Sure. So you've been making music for a long time. Yes. The most recent effort came out in the teeth of the pandemic, which is a difficult time. We'll talk more about that coming up too. called 1000 Reasons. Is that where this song comes from? It is. All right. Well, tell me about this song let's get into it sure um uh you want you want to do night today okay cool yeah you know uh it was this is one of those tunes where like i sat down and wrote the progression and i had been listening to some lyle lovett and i also had mm -hmm. been listening to some van morrison and i just was kind of in that mood and uh i learning some sort of like uh uh texas swing jazz chords you know just trying to try and do something different kind of bluesy and I came up with this, 
And it wasn't till uh, uh, Alex uh, Burgess, uh, my main drummer, uh, I, I played him the song, and we, we kind of did it as a shuffle, and it's like, okay, this isn't really working. And I said, can you do kind of do like a clock beat, you know, like kind of a, you know, a Chicago thing? And he's like, oh, yeah, let me try that. And like, bing, the tune just blew up like it was there, you know. So it was like, so I, I sort of joked that I created a Lyle Morrison song or a Van Lovett <laughs> tune because, the, but but it's it's got a kind of a Chicago blues feel, so. Turns out there might be more <laughs> embarrassing things than wearing lederhosen when you're a young man. We were all just sharing our young, musical, embarrassing stories uh, while that particular song was playing by Tommy Bentz, Night Today, off his most recent release, 1,000 Reasons. Tommy, you have been playing for a long time. You've been involved with music for a long time. You currently live in River Falls, Wisconsin, correct? That's correct. All right, and you've got a store there as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. What's the name of that store? It's called Brickhouse Music. And so is that a an, an instrument store, a record store? What do you do there? It's an instrument store, so everything from like a, a clarinet, ukulele, to a $4,000 Martin acoustic guitar. Go and on. We, and we do uh, uh, lessons, and we do repairs, and uh, sound installs, and uh, this year, believe it or not, it's the 30th year I've been in business. 
Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. And of course, obviously, since you drove here in your Lambo, it's <laughs> obviously going very well for yes, you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which, right. Again, no, I, I know. I no. know a lot of people who are involved in this particular kind of business, and the margins are not high. But that's no. not why we do it, is it? I mean, money's not your. Pri- obviously, we all need money, but it's yeah. not your primary motivator. You do it because music matters to you. No, it's 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 true, and and uh, you know, I I would say even in the last six months to a year, uh, especially since we've opened up from COVID, you know, I've had so many parents that just have come up and just been like, thank you for having the lessons again and, you know, building up the program and, you know, and when a kid gets his first instrument, you know, I, I had one yesterday. It was, uh, uh, they came in in the morning and they were like, oh yeah, this looks really cool. This is awesome. And then, and they were thinking about it and well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to you. I, I think this is the one. And, and it was about four hours later, and they walked back in the door, and mom was like, "Yep, he can't wait," you know, and uh, <laughs> you know, and so uh, it was, it just, you know, it was just a wonderful thing, you know. He, uh, I was just gonna say, just to add to that, that yeah. you know, as a as a parent who had two kids that both, you know, one daughter that really took it very seriously, right, and then a son yeah. who took it seriously when he was young, and then he got into baseball and everything else. It's amazing the impact that you're making as a local music store that you probably don't even realize. I that, mean that that there's kids that they don't have to become a rock star someday. No, that's never been the point. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and no, thank you, Sean. I, I I really appreciate that. And 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 a lot of people have come up to me and uh, the staff over the years, you know. And 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 we all know it's it's scientifically proven that anybody involved in 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 music, you know, your brain thinks, you know, uh, even more complex in you know it helps with reasoning and all kinds of stuff you know and, and all your and, and, yeah. I mean both Sean and I are married yeah. to educators yes. and so yeah. and my wife happens to be a music educator right mm-hmm. and so I've watched this unfold for many 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 years I knew it growing up as well I mean you can go ahead and be a band dork but guess what band dorks do better in math than non-band dorks that's, do that's true it is so and what's cool about that is so my daughter when she was 14 she loved music like and I'm probably was me unduly pressuring her to loving fuck you're gonna like music um <laughs> but on her 14th birthday i bought her the crappiest entry-level guitar that exists on planet earth the fender squire sure um but again for again you don't know if they're gonna take to it you don't know if they're gonna like it and what it was 130 dollars or something yeah. like that somewhere sure. in that yeah. ballpark um but every single week we would go to the record we would go to the music store and she would get her lesson in the back room and i'd kill time out front having a cigarette or looking through all those music books they had like metallica for ukulele exactly. or whatever yeah. um which by the way can we not can we not do that anymore? <laughs> um again uh, but again i you know what i would never quash someone's dream if there is someone out there right now who's like my daughter loves metallica and she loves her ukulele or whatever yeah. by all means let her do it all day every day even if it sounds it's better than a recorder right do you sell recorders at your store uh, yeah and actually you know i've got several of our schools you know that they'd still it's in that third or fourth grade in the beginning music class you know so they'll they'll order like yep. you know like a hundred uh, <laughs> you know recorders you know because you know like Right. Especially nowadays, you know, like you're not going to wash those and reuse those. I no. Mean, not like, like the when we were kids. They yeah. would no. do that all the time. But, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, and, you know, they're, they, we sell them for under six bucks, you know, so well, I mean, it's, it's affordable. And someone told me they went and saw a recorder performance or a recorder solo recently for like some big band and they said it was amazing. I'm like, well, it must have been because recorders, <laughs> that sounds, that's like, that's like being sent to the gulag. When you when you talk about the the let's talk about for a minute what it means. I mean, because you've been making music for so long at a high level and really really quality. I mean, you travel overseas constantly with your Beatles stuff and your George Harrison stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, well, and, and to clarify on that, um, the overseas stuff, the the when we won the Beatles contest that Iceland Air put on, um, that was... Re- let's not let's, let's not gloss over that. How okay. did you win a Beatles contest that Iceland Air put on? Okay, so for two years in a row, Iceland Air uh, had this thing at the Mall of America where they did, uh, they, they called a ticket to fly. And uh, Iceland Air at the time, no offense to them now, but was, I think, a little bit more sort of proactive in like trying to like get people like, hey, come to Iceland. It was more of a promotional thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so they were having a little fun with this and, uh, they had Pete Best and his band 
Yeah, his brother and his mm. they they judged the contest. Wow! And so, um, like Pete Best, founding like drummer of far, the Beatles, founding drummers. Pete Best. Yes, I've, okay. I've I've literally hugged the man. Um, wow! Yeah. Um. Uh. And the first year we decided to do uh um, uh our version of a Hable Dog, which I one of my favorite you know uh sort of B side. Beatles tunes, if you will. I mean, As a Yellow Submarine fan, um, I was in my 30s before I ever saw a version that had that reinserted because it was excised from the right. original film, and I had never even heard that song until I was in my 30s. Yeah, I mean, and that tune is just so big. And yeah. We actually put it on one of our, our uh, uh, albums, too, so we did a recording of it. So we did that, and the people at Ice in the Air were like, enthralled with us they were just like oh you guys are so awesome you're so cool and, and it, it was it was so really sweet and they really wanted us to win i realize now and again sort of this is politics and life let it like, out let it out yeah like pete pete just he still has it bad for basically what he feels john and paul did to him mm-hmm. and so anything psychedelic that's not Pete's jam at all. Really? So we got second place, mm. and I don't even remember the guys that got first place, and uh, they got to go over and do a little bit of recording, but I don't know exactly what happened. But then the second year, um, I was talking with my bandmates, and we decided, let's do If I Needed Someone. And at the time, George had released, uh, George Harrison had released the live in Japan that he basically was George and Clapton's band. Mm. And it was kind of one of the last sort of tours that George really did. Mm-hmm. And he did a great version of if I needed someone and, and let Clapton blow over it, you know, where the original obviously doesn't have it. And it was just, I, I just like, was like, Oh, this is me. We got to do this. So we did that tune and, you know, and we basically kind of do that version, but you know, a slight variation and, and, Pete loved it, and he basically, you know, when he talked in the mic and congratulated us and, you know, shook my hand and gave me a hug, and he's like, yeah, George, George was a really good, he was a good soul, you know, mm. we got along well, you know, so <laughs> so I, I didn't think about it at the time, but I chose well for the scenario of who was judging, and, um, and then that sort of beget my deeper dive into George, who I share a birthday with, so... And then, so which was recent, right? Yeah, just this last week. Yeah, happy birthday! Well, happy thank birthday! You. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, so, so that's how we got to go over to uh to England, and we played at the Cavern Club, mm. and like uh, the Cavern Club, the Cavern Club. <laughs> yeah, and then I've actually played there twice because what then we went on tour fuck? back, and then we 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 got to play on John Lennon's birthday one year. And we were the only band from the U.S. there, and it was it is was the place super- packed. I mean, t- describe oh my, to me. I mean, because yeah. I know the Cavern Club is called the Cavern Club for a reason. It's underground, and I don't know if they've revamped it over the many decades. But I mean, early on, it was literally somewhere between a subway tunnel and a sewer, right? I mean, yeah. it's underground in Liverpool, yep. and it is it's dank. I think dank is a fair word to describe yep. it. However. It's kind of like going in the entry when the bathroom yeah, was still right. a fucking nightmare. <laughs> like you reach this critical mass of people. Yes. Please describe to me before we hear your next song right. what the Cavern Club is and or was like. You could also throw CBGBs into that too. Yeah, well. exactly. You know, the exactly. same sort of thing. Um, so uh, what I was told and what I from my research is that basically the original Cavern Club is about half a block or so from the where the present one is mm. but it was so dank and so to the i mean there wasn't a bathroom so you know there the, 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 the <laughs> would sm- you have to go outside to pee or find <laughs> well, a place next door well that's the thing you know like you know uh, the smell Piss in the corner uh, yeah it was <laughs> the, the, the 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 stenches were uh, pretty bad uh-huh. and the walls weren't well maintained right so they basically found the equivalent of it like right down the street when they realized that hey we can start monetizing what's going on yeah. here. There's an upstairs cavern. And then, so now that you walk down the steps and I've got some pictures on, on my website, I think on that, but I, oh, I what's have, that website again? It's tommybents.com. And that's T O M M Y B E N T Z.com. That is correct. Just wanted to make sure, but please continue. Yeah. Um, um, and you, you walk down about what seems like three or four flights of steps and you get down there and it's all archways. So it's what your classic subway thing you yeah. think of. And then there's another little room in the back that 
if you remember mm, 12-ish, 15 years ago, McCartney did like a I'm coming back oh. to the that that's yeah. the room he played in. Wow. And that's that room is maybe for those of us in the Twin Cities uh, about the size of like two thirds of what O'Gara's was. How is we, that possible? He yeah. played in a room that small. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, it's you know, it's, it's Paul. But uh, and, and <laughs> well, I mean, it's possible that he would do it. <laughs> but I can I can only imagine yeah. the only people would be in there are like the only people in the VIP section at the Super Bowl. Yeah. You would have to know someone to be there. Yeah. No. No. Totally. And and. In the in the PA in the main room that we think of when we think of the Cavern Club, um, I mean it's you know it's it's you know good, but you know it's kind of ragtag, and you know you, you got people coming in from all over tourists. It's a you know they have somebody playing there during the day. They'll have wow. you know so it's 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 just it's just a turning thing, you know, and they'll have bands, uh, you know, with a variety of sort of situations over the years, but. They, they have a backline, and they usually, and you know, it's just like any backline situation in a club. It's sometimes it's good, and then it gets bad, and then they get they refreshen it up, and you know all that. Well, and for our non-musician friends and our listening audience, backline are the available instruments and amplifiers, the drums, everything and, available yeah. to the bands at hand. We're going to talk more about that. You also have gigs coming up. Unfortunately, I wish we had an infinite amount of time, but we don't. We're going to no. hear another yep. one of your songs. We're going to nope. come back. I know you got gigs coming up, and I absolutely want to promote those. And I also have to talk about my good friend Sean coming up just ahead. But first, as we mentioned during the the teeth of the pandemic, which whether you were a musician or a musician, music fan or a, an administrative assistant or teacher or whatever the hell you might be doing for a living and trying to get by it was tough on everybody yet somehow you put out an album in the middle of a literal global pandemic called 1000 reasons we're about to hear the title track tell me about the song um you know it's this it's apropos because this is about me traveling in my sort of observational viewpoint of the fact that you know uh you know all three of us in this room you know 10 people down the street uh somebody in ireland somebody yeah. in afghanistan you you name it we're we're all just trying to like you know be good people and just trying to make a living and just trying to have a good life and stuff like that and uh that's kind of what this is about and i don't want to say it's a wagging of the finger to the people that think that one set of people is better than another set of people but in some ways. Oh, I'd is. say wag your fucking finger okay. at those people. Fuck well. those people. <laughs> then wag me.
no matter what you do for a living, there are certain conceits that we all have that we think this is what people who do what I do do. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to say something right now. <clears throat> I just wanted to prepare everybody. The title track from his latest release, <laughs> 1,000 Reasons, Tommy Benz on The Brian Oak Show. I, that, that that term, title track, I don't know why, but every time I say it, <laughs> I either am like, am I going to go Wolfman Jack or yeah. am I going to go like Soft and Warm, The Quiet Storm? And I decided to go with that <laughs> one right there. My name is Brian Oak. My friend Sean Bernard, before we resume the conversation with Tommy Benz, Sean Bernard is not only my friend, my longtime ally, he is also a realtor for Edina Realty, the 50th in France location. And as you let me know by text earlier today, things are starting to ramp up. We're getting to that time. I mean, again, it's been snowy. It's been cold, but this is the time to start thinking about what the not-too-distant future looks like if you're going to look at the not-too-distant future. Yeah, I have some homes that I'm helping uh, get to market here soon, and then I've got buyers that are coming into town, and and, uh, there's not enough inventory right now. So if you're really thinking about getting your house on the market, do it sooner rather than later because there's probably more buyers than sellers right now. Did I just hear the cash register? Cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> um, I'm going to continue doing what I've done in the past. I really started with the pandemic and noticing how many musician friends I had that were struggling during that time. Some of them, that was their full-time gig. But I donate a portion of every buy and sell of each home to a local musician or band. It's their choice who gets the money. So the buyer or seller could be like, I love the local band Scrunchies and yes. I want to give them whatever you're going to give yeah. them and yeah. they get to pick. Exactly. Every once in a while they don't have a band that they can think of, but I have a long list of bands that have contacted me who would love a donation, <laughs> but 612-859-2594 if you know of somebody that's looking to buy or sell. Speaking of gigs, I know things got weird during the pandemic, right? You had the store to fall back on. You have your own life. You have songwriting to fall back on. But everyone, it it was difficult because I can't create music. I realized very, very early on in my life, I don't have the diligence. I don't know that I have the talent, whatever. I mean, maybe, but I just, it wasn't for me. However, I go, I've been to thousands of shows. It's important to me. So the pandemic, I think, was tough on artists, not only from an income standpoint, but from an expressive and creative standpoint. But for those of us who are fans, diehard fans, not getting out to see it, it's not the same fucking thing on Zoom. But now you're back out there in the world. Does it feel good to be playing shows again? Yeah, it really does. And um, even at the kind of the tail end of where we were uncertain if, well, is it safe to mm-hmm. go back? You know, right. you know, we were playing a lot more outdoor things, you know, and, and a lot of the places that we might have played indoors, they were like, okay, let's set this thing up out here, you know, and people were feeling safer. We did a few festivals that were outside and, um, you know, in the summertime, late summertime. So <clears throat> that was that was not only encouraging, but it was just like it was energizing, you know, that that, that everybody was so wanting this that, you know, that, they would go out of their way to not only be there, but to be encouraging. And, and, you know, this is definitely more, we talked about the coasts and stuff earlier. Um, this is definitely, I think a very Midwest thing too. Like the, the tip jar has been extremely mighty from folks. And, and, and it's, it's, and it's not a thing where you expect like, well, Hey, I just played a song. You need to put twenty dollars in my bucket. <laughs> exactly. Let's go. No, it's but it's it's more... Tommy Benz is not running a soup kitchen, people. All right, let's yeah. do this thing. Yeah. No, I I think that's that the people are just that much more appreciative, and they just I think a lot of people are realizing, well, this kind of went away, and I don't want it to go away. So what can I do to you know? help i feel that way like even if i go out like to eat which i don't do too often but every once in a while like i'm not a rich man but my tips have gone well above 25 percent in most of those situations if the service is even passable and this is a good meal then you know i mean like we were all locked down for so long and everybody lost so much and it's nice to get back out there and there's nothing wrong with rubber stamping your satisfaction with a situation I did it two nights ago yep. at that Otoboke Beaver show. Yeah. I spent so much money on merchandise, but that's where the money is made yes. now. And this is how they get to tour America again. And I'd love to fucking see him again. No, I, I applaud you for what you did. Obviously, not, not only supporting them with your daughter, but you bought merchandise. And just, you know, if I can do a PSA for a moment, folks, uh, merchandise at shows, T-shirts, hats, CDs for some of you. That's mm-hmm. Stickers. Wanna, stickers. Whatever. Whatever. That money goes to the artist right away. Exactly. You know, and and I and I appreciate people wanting yeah. to stream, but it's like there's nothing. Oh, it's there's, just 
Sean and I talk about this with every musician who comes on the show. There's, I mean, if you want to stream, what a great way to get your music out there in the world. We live in an unprecedented time. However, if you want that music to keep coming your direction, and if you want to genuinely support the artist, Bandcamp even works okay, but you go to a show. I'm telling you, I went to Otoboke (laughs) Beaver on Tuesday night, and I bought vinyl. I bought a tote bag. I bought two T-shirts, a slew of stickers. I kind of bought most of everything they had on the table not all of it but at least one of everything because i i was so impressed with the show Mm -hmm. that i'm like these young women deserve my money this was it was a glorious night out and i knew i was going to be a fucking train wreck yesterday and i was (laughs) but it didn't matter man like buy the tickets go to the show buy the merchandise speaking of if people want to buy your merchandise and we'll talk about your shows in a second here what's ground zero for people staying up on who and what and how and when tommy bentz is and doing all the things tommy bentz does well i just have a brand new site uh from the band zugo folks which are very very good at like helping like independent people like me do mm. this. So I'm I'm in the in the uh, halfway done process of getting the the point where you can go right on to there and do that. And I actually have a set it up so that you can actually download a song from the site, right? Which I actually will make money versus the streaming. So right. if somebody yeah. like wants it and has it on their device like permanently. So and it's the, and again I believe that art whether we're talking about paintings or drawings or sculpture or sure. knitting or writing songs art has value it is and I'm not trying to reduce it to a commodity right. but these this this is blood sweat and tears yes. man everybody who creates something Real effort has gone into it, so you wouldn't walk into a store and just grab a candle off the shelf at fucking Yankee Candle and walk out with it like, I deserve yeah. this <laughs> apple cinnamon <laughs> votive. Yeah. You know, like you wouldn't just take it. You'd be like, well, I mean, someone made this, so I have yeah. to pay for it. And, that. and I, so I never, I've literally never once downloaded a song illegally. I have, of course, streamed a few things in my sure, lifetime. Well, well, um, but I mean, like back in the day when file sharing was happening, I found it abhorrent. I still bought music. I still went record shopping i understand it was Mm -hmm. a different time and then we were all trying to figure out what this new milieu was that we were living in but not supporting the artists that you love i find almost criminal i i still you know and and i couldn't agree with more brian with what you just said but um i still in having conversations with people i still think there's many many people who hopefully be listening who don't realize that when they stream, well, doesn't doesn't doesn't, yeah. doesn't that person get like no? It's like a percent of a percent of a percent 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 yeah. percent percent tiny, you know, like and uh, like thousands of streams to make a buck. Oh, literally. I mean, like, uh, I, what was that figure? I think you posted something about a year and a half ago. Is it, it wasn't Taylor Swift, but it was somebody that like. There was a, like a million streams and they got like a hundred bucks or something exactly. like that. Exactly. And so uh. it's not the way to go. So it's TommyBents.com is yeah. where people will eventually be able to get all the stuff. But right yeah. now it's beginning to, to coalesce. Yeah. yeah. And you can always send us a note and we send stuff out. I'll, I'll even put a handwritten note in there if you know. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, all kinds of stuff. I mean, and, and, and people like to get stuff at the shows, but I understand that sometimes, you know, that's... Uh, more difficult for people to get to one place or another. Agreed. Well, let's talk about that then, because the other thing, like I talked about going out to that show on Tuesday and spending all of my hard-earned money on this weird, unknown, (laughs) all-female Japanese (laughs) punk rock band, they were so fucking good, man. Anyway, sorry. And again, that that feeling right there, that's why we go out to see live music, because that doesn't always happen. A lot of times you're like, that's pretty good. That's all right, you know? But every once in a while you sit there, and at the end of the song, you're the one throwing your shit on the ground and with your hands over your head, <laughs> right. clapping and screaming. That happened to me more than once at that show. It was great. That's You've great. got upcoming shows. Today is, if people are listening to this, and hopefully it gets out soon, it's the end of the first week of March. This Saturday at, oh wait, today is yep. Thursday. This Saturday at Tuttle's, yep. you got a show going on. Tell me about the show. Yeah, so I talked about George Harrison earlier, and I share a birthday with him. So I kind of came up with the idea about... We think it's about 11, it might be 12 years ago with COVID. There's kind of a, a hiccup there in terms of how many of these we've done. But we're calling it our 11th annual George Harrison Tommy Bent's birthday show. Mm. And Great. every year they've grown and grown and grown. So we, I've got six this year. 
And the one this Saturday is at Tuttle's and our good friend and somebody you know, Mr. Dan Israel, is mm-hmm. going to open up the show for oh, us. Oh, cool. So he's doing the Dylan to my George. And uh, so we'll do some songs together. He'll play with the band. And uh, so it's a lot of fun that way. And uh, so uh, and it's a, it's a, people who have never been to Tuttle's before. I know it's a bowling alley, but they actually have a real music scene there. They have a sound system. They have a tech. Uh, it, it's uh, For people who've never been, where is it? Where is it's Tunnels? in Hopkins. It is in Hopkins. It is in Hopkins, yeah. I work in Hopkins. I have a job there. Yeah, you know, uh, Hopkins is a good community. Well, you know what we, uh, me and my coworkers have come to call uh, Hopkins where we work right there in Main Street downtown. We now refer to it as Doho. <laughs> downtown hopkins nice <laughs> exactly also the other thing i want to remind people is you know people want to go out and see the biggest names and the brightest stars and all that stuff what i appreciate about people like you and so many people i've met like you over the years up to and including mr dan israel and lots of others road dogs and dedicated caring people you've done it so many times that you're good at it, right? I mean, and there's that whole, I don't know what the adage is, do something for 10,000 hours and then you become yeah. an expert, is that right. what they say? Yeah. something like that. You've done it at least that long, probably longer, as I have, as Sean yeah. has. Yeah. You do something that long, you get good at it, and you are an excellent writer, a great performer. I've seen you more, I don't know that I've seen you more than both my hands, but I've seen you more times than I can count on one hand. I don't go out that often, man. It's not personal. Don't no, take it no, personally. I don't. Right? You're a busy guy. Well, but then also I get up early and I'm old. Anyway, um, <laughs> that, that's those are the real factors right there. Um, this is going to be a good show. Now, you have other shows coming up, too. You live in Wisconsin, not that far over the no. border, but you live in Wisconsin. Yep. Do you have a busy spring out in front of you? Like, are you planning on playing a lot with your band or solo? Yeah, last year I counted an it did about 120 shows oh um seriously i did yeah wow. yeah um and that was between we played festivals we played overseas at a couple festivals in scotland um you know solo shows um you know and uh band shows sort of you know kind of in this sort of two to three hour window ra- radius mm-hmm. you know anywhere from parts of minnesota uh, you know, Northern Illinois, Wisconsin, that kind of stuff as well. So. Well, you're going to be at Wausau in uh, just under a week. Actually, yep. what is today? Oh, no, just over a week. Anyway, yep. you're going to be at the Blues Cafe there. Yep. And again, I imagine if people go to the newly minted TommyBents.com, mm-hmm. they'll be able to get a full rundown, not only of the shows already scheduled, I mean, are you planning on doing another 120-plus shows this year? Uh, y- You know, if, if I can, I mean, I'm always trying to get quality over quantity you know and um but you like to fucking play don't you well i do i mean it's 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 fun you know it, i mean it's uh it's a uh, it's a it's part of my day job i guess i understand or my night job you know? uh here's the deal we've got to wrap up we yeah. are we are above time right now only because not it's not you it's the world uh yeah. <laughs> we, we, we have found that people will only listen for so long yep. even when the content's good and the music's good so we're going to wrap it up now but you have to make me a promise because i feel like we have a lot more to talk about will you please come back again in the not too distant future yes i would love that we'd love to have you back yeah thank we you would absolutely love to have you back before we say our final farewell to tommy Benz, let's go ahead and say thank you once again to smart start mn let's say thanks again to moxie wealth management you can find them at moxiewealthmanagement.com my thanks to uh, my friend Sean Bernard, if you have any realty needs, what's that number again? 612-859-2594. And again, TommyBents.com. That is B-E-N-T-Z. Tommy's good at what he does. And again, Sean and I agreed a long time ago, we're not working with assholes anymore. Whatever the opposite of an asshole is, that's what Tommy is. And he's really good at applying his trade. I appreciate it, man. We are going to bid our fond farewell to you. Also, by the way, thanks again to AudioQuip. I don't think I mentioned them last time. AudioQuip is the one who... The reason that we sound better than your average podcast is we have real equipment in this room, and we have that literally by the grace of our friends at Audio Equip. So if you are going to stand on a street corner and screech your madness or you've got a small <laughs> gig coming up or maybe even a big gig they can cover your gear needs audioquip.com but make sure you look up the right one with the little red logo with the circular a because there are other carpetbaggers that are moving in on the audio Equip name and you know what not only do we not deal with assholes we don't deal with imposters on this show 
Thanks to everybody who's ever supported, listened, subscribed, amplified, done anything to support this show. We appreciate it, up to and including all of our Patreon members. Tommy, we are going to bid a fond farewell to you. Good luck with your gigs that are coming up. Thank you. Good luck with 2023. Every year provides a new set of challenges, doesn't it? It certainly does. <laughs> it absolutely best does. best to you guys as well. Yeah, Thank well, you. We wish you the very best. Tell us about this final song and take us out. This last tune was an instrumental that uh, I'll just say I... I, I wore the government mule sleeve uh, pretty hard there and uh, I'm a big fan of Warren Haynes and, and all the things that he's done and uh, I'm trying to channel him to a certain degree and it was the last al- song on the album and it was it was like the guys are like I don't know if we need to record anymore I'm like ah, well, we need to do this you know <laughs> and, and uh, when we play this tune live people are like holy shit what, you know, what's that oh my god so so that's what this is
Joe Burgess is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services Incorporated, securities and investment advisory services offered through Securian Financial Services uh, Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC, North Star Resource Group is an independently owned and operated. Moxie is affiliated with North Star Resource Group and is independently owned and operated. 2701 University Avenue Southeast, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55414.